Well, good afternoon to you, Lorenda, in your afternoon on Shine 104.9 in Spokane and 94.9 in Post Falls and Coeur d'Alene. And got a guest with us this afternoon, Amy Vera, the executive director of the Vanessa Behan Crisis Center. Hi there, Amy. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, we're really excited to hear about all the work uh, that Vanessa Behan Crisis Center is doing. Uh, first, could you tell us the history behind the Crisis Center and then yeah. how you got involved. Yeah, so Vanessa Behan is really all about um, a place where kids can be safe, parents can turn anytime they're overwhelmed in parenting and just have a support system. We got our start because of a little girl named Vanessa K. Behan, uh, who died from child abuse related injuries at the age of two. And there was a businessman, Bill Bilkowski, our founder, who was living in this community with two young children of his own and saw this happen, play out in our media and thought, what is Spokane's solution to child abuse and neglect? Um, he felt very passionate about getting involved and making sure that parents had a safe refuge um, in these moments. And unfortunately, back in those when Vanessa died, there really was nothing that was prevention-focused. Everything was very reactive. And so he kind of went on his own mission to find out what does Spokane need to have a place for, for parents. And so as a businessman traveling around the, the country, he started asking different communities what they did to prevent child abuse and came across this idea of a crisis nursery, which is the idea of 24 hours a day, seven days a week, a place where parents call, can take their children, and then leave their children for a period of time while they deal with whatever stressors brought them to our doors. And so as he found that in another community, he thought that's what Spokane needs. He had hoped we already had one, um, and when he didn't find one from coming back from his travels, decided he needed to start one. And so so he made it his own personal mission, gathered together what I always refer to as the right group of people. It wasn't just a small group of friends. He really was targeted about what he was going to need to make a nonprofit be successful. And even with that, it took him five years to the day of Vanessa's death to get our doors open. Um, but we have been open ever since. So uh, January 9th, 1987, we opened our doors to the community and have been open ever since. And again, it really is just that place where no judgment um, parenting is really hard, and we know that, and we just want to walk alongside parents and help them through um, whatever trauma or whatever stressors are going on in their lives. Okay, how many yeah. years have you been with the Crisis Center first? You know, I kind of lose count, but I think I'm close to 25. Uh, I wow. started off working graveyards with our kids, uh, fell in love with what we did, um, decided to go back to school and get my master's degree so I could work more closely with the families. Mm -hmm. And then every opportunity where a job has come open there, I have just said, if I can provide any more service or do anything more to make this organization the best it can possibly be, I want to be a part of that. So I think about it's been about 13 or 14 years that I've been the executive director. Um, it's such an honor to get to be a part of that organization. Our guest today is Amy Vega, the executive director of Vanessa Behan, and we'll talk more with Amy in just a few minutes. It's Shine 1049 in Spokane and Coeur d'Alene with Lorenda Ray in your afternoon. Today we're talking with Amy Vega. She's the executive director of Vanessa Behan. Tell me, how did you get involved with the Crisis Center? Yeah, I um, when I was an undergraduate school at the University of Montana, one of my um, advisors had been one of the first social workers at Vanessa Behan in Spokane. So when I finished school in Montana, moved to the big city of Spokane, um, and there was an advertisement for Vanessa Behan, I thought that's where social workers go. So I applied and I got a job there. And I kind of thought it was a stepping stone. I didn't really know where I was going to land with my career. Um, but within the first couple of months of my job there, um, I had a mom call for the very first time and was really nervous and apprehensive about using our services. She had a four-year-old little boy who was severely autistic and she needed a break. And so she had called us. And uh, on that day that she called, um, we didn't have any other children in our facility, which is very unusual. But you could just see the apprehension 
tension and the nervousness on her um, oozing out of her. And so we had this opportunity to say, normally we can't allow parents into where our children are cared for because of confidentiality reasons, but because we have no families and no kids with us right now, come in, come spend some time with us. Um, she was really nervous about our ability to handle this four-year-old little boy with, with the, the special needs that he had, and I rightfully so. Um, but we said, just come in and watch us interact with him. And when you feel comfortable with our ability to care for him, then you can leave for the agreed upon time and then come back and we'll be good. Um, and she stayed for four hours. I really thought half an hour she'd be good. And it was four hours later. And I still remember, I think I gleaned more from that experience than she did. This mom needed connection. She needed somebody to talk to. She needed somebody that heard her uh, more than she needed uh, to be away from her child. And there was two things she said during that visit that just still resonate with me that the older I get now that I've had children is even more profound. She said, I just don't know if I'm the right mom for him. And she's telling a complete stranger. And I think how soul-bearing is that to have to admit to a complete stranger that you're that you're struggling that much um, and so and then she also said she'd never had a break from him and here he was four years old and she'd never had a break and I at the time thought this mom had lots of um, she did she had a great support system she was married she had a husband who had a great job she at the time I used to say she had the luxury to be a stay-at-home mo mom but now that I am a mother myself sometimes it's a luxury to get to go to work um, but in the end, she stayed for those four hours, and then she said, we're good. We're going to go home. And we just made her promise to call us if she ever needed us again. And a month or two later, she called, and I happened to be the one that took her phone call, got to sit down with her and do kind of the entry level, the entry um, intake paperwork. And she shared with me that her intent that first night when she called was to drop this little boy off at, in our care and to commit suicide. That was life-changing for me to realize that um, – we had such a profound opportunity to really be life-changing for a parent. I knew what we were doing for children was good. I just didn't understand the depths of the support we could provide a parent. And at that moment, my heart changed, and I knew that's where I was going to be forever. Um, I love the opportunity to meet people in their most vulnerable moments and help them transform and be the best version of them and to make sure that they've got safety for themselves and for their children. And so that's why I am there and continue to do um, what I get to do. Wow, that is incredible. Yeah. I was not expecting the story to take that turn yeah. at all. Yeah. And especially as you're saying, you know, she did have a husband and, and, and all of this. How incredible. And the pain that she must have gone through feeling inadequate and, yeah, and, and isolated and alone and incapable uh, of knowing the, the best care for this child and his needs. And she was doing an amazing job, but I don't think anybody was telling her that. Yeah. And so that's one thing I love about what we get to do at Vanessa Behan is really mm -hmm. get to support and encourage parents who probably don't get that in a lot of other places in their lives. Oh, my goodness. That is so incredibly powerful and just kind of grips you right in your gut. And our guest today is Amy Vega, the executive director of Vanessa Behan. And we'll talk more with Amy in just a few minutes. It's uplifting and always encouraging. Shine 1049 in Spokane and Coeur d'Alene with Orenda in your afternoon. We're talking today with Amy Vega, Vanessa Behan Crisis Center. You know, when you think about a crisis nursery, you think about kids that are be maybe being abused or about to become abused. Right. A parent is afraid that they're going to start being uh -huh. abusive. But then, you know, you share a whole different scenario about a child who is loved, but the parent is just at their wits end. Yeah. They're not able to cope. They just don't know 
where to go for help, what right. to do, but they do know that the child needs a safe place to be. Yeah. And maybe the parent, in, in that gal's case, she needed a safe place to be, somebody right. to to um, to have some words of encouragement. Yeah. So share with us a little bit more about um, the crisis nursery and, um, you know, what happens. Yeah. You know, somebody brings a child in mm-hmm. and then what do what happens then? Absolutely. So, our, again, I mentioned our philosophy is all about keeping kids safe and, and providing that to the parent, to the children. Um, and so parents can call us anytime, day or night. We're 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we provide respite care. We call it respite care, uh, free babysitting, uh, you know, care to children, um, whatever it makes that resonates for you. But it really is a safe place for parents when um, maybe they're at the end of their rope. And, you know, you, you pointed out so beautifully that every situation is so different. In this mom's case, um, this child wasn't in, in danger necessarily. Um, and our hope is that families call us before they get in that position where they're so overwhelmed that they're in fear that they're going to harm their child. Um, we all know our stressors. We all know when it's starting to mount. And so we really want parents to kind of identify like, a break right now would do me wonders. If I could just get a couple of hours or a couple of days away from my children and get my housing in order or um, get to, to work and not have any stressors about daycare, or if I could simply just sleep because I've got a brand new baby who's colicky and I just haven't slept soundly in a few nights, um, that's what we're there for. And so we work really hard to not pass judgment. So anytime a parent identifies their stressors, we want to value that. And I can give you lots of examples from, you know, I grew up moving every couple of years and so it's not a stressor to me. I've got the resources, I've got the friends, I've got the, the, the tools that you need to move. But think about a family who maybe has three or four children and doesn't have a truck and they're asking their friends for help and they don't have the money to buy or rent a U-Haul and all the boxes that they need. That becomes a huge, sometimes insurmountable stress. And sometimes those children are unpacking the boxes as quick as a parent can pack the boxes. <laughs> right. And so if they can find that break to just focus on what they need to, it's going to make that whole family unit healthier and stronger. And that's ultimately what our goal is, is to give parents the tools that they need to be as strong as possible, as capable as possible, so that when their children are with them, that is a happy time. Um, And we just know that, especially with what's going on in our world right now, there's a lot more stressors. Um, And so we just want to walk alongside our parents. And so while the children are with us, and we do, you know, your typical care to children we're in we're outside playing in the in the snow in the rain um, we're inside doing dress up and making you know messy paint stuff activities we're doing all the same things you would see on a daily basis then you add into it meal times and bedtimes and nap times um, and then we our hope is that we're helping parents get connected to other resources in our community whether it's taking a parenting class with us or connecting them to a domestic violence organization or um, some way that they can get their mental health needs taken care of we want to be connecting families so that they're they're tackling those things that brought them to our doors. Um, So again, that when they come back together, that it's a whole family unit as healthy as possible. We're talking today with Amy Vega, Vanessa Behan Crisis Center, and learning a little bit more about this organization. We're going to find out some some more details, like how long can you leave your kids there and that sort of thing. So stay by more with Amy Napton of Vanessa Behan coming up. Amy Vega, the executive director of Vanessa Behan. She's our guest today on Shine 1049 in Spokane and 949 in Post Falls and Coeur d'Alene. Maybe you're finding yourself, you're just so stressed out and overwhelmed, or you know somebody watching their kids and you need a break, whether for work, whether you're just all stressed out because the, the pressure is uh, is just too much for you to handle. You need a break. You need a safe place to leave your kids. That is what Vanessa 
Vanessa Behan is there for. And we're talking with the executive director, Amy Napton, learning a little bit more about this awesome organization that's there to help you. Is there a time frame that uh, the kids can be there? Is it like hours or days? We're licensed for 72 hours, but we Mm -hmm. always go back to um, it isn't about the number of hours. It's about what can be resolved in that time frame. Right. Um, And so sometimes a couple of hours is all a parent needs. And sometimes 72 hours isn't quite enough to resolve that crisis. And so we work with the parents very closely to figure out um, how to handle that. We're not set up to be great care for two weeks or a couple of months. That's just not ideal. Um, But there's times where you just have to adapt to what's going on in the family. And that's really one of the things I love about um, what we do. We're privately funded, and so it allows us a lot more flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, we are regulated by the state, but we're not li- not um, funded by the state. And so it gives us a lot more freedom, and it just allows us to adapt to each individual family and child's needs in a way that's very unique and very responsive. And I think that's what's one of the beautiful things about what we get to do. Yeah. And how many kids um, are you licensed for? Yeah, so well, we're, our building will accommodate up to six. Um, We've just moved into a brand new home last December. And so ultimately, when we can raise enough money, we'll be maxing out at about 60. Right now, financially, we can care for about 24. So Mm -hmm. as we can increase our fundraising efforts and and bring in more income, then we can add in more children and and more care to them and more programs. Um, But it's, you know, it's kind of like the the cart before the horse. We had to have the new facility um, to take more children. And now it's going to take us some time to be able to to ramp up. Right, right. You're publicly funded. And so what do people give? like online or do you have fundraisers? We, we pretty much do it all. So we do all private grants and, and foundation funding. We will take funding from that. Um, we have we do about eight or nine fundraising events every single year. So mm-hmm. everything from black tie to golf tournaments to, um, you know, uh, Santa Express, which kids go and do their Christmas shopping. Um, so there's lots of different ways that people can financially give. But the most impactful is when people believe in the mission of the work that we're doing and realize that that gift that they're making is truly an investment. It's just like the investment you would make in a stock market. It's going to pay dividends just in different ways. Um, we are creating healthier children and healthier families with the funds that are being invested in the work that we do. And so that is probably the number one thing. If people can realize that it's not about an event, it's not about the things that they walk away from purchasing at an auction, which are all fabulous, um, but it really truly is that financial investment that um, is the most rewarding and the highest turnaround and um, maximizing the, the, the return on that investment for us. Right. Now, have you ever heard of the Shines Gives program? I think I have heard of this. Tell me more. Well, uh, for instance, uh, we have something special for you. Oh. So speaking of, of giving and funding, we Shine Gives is a program where we select uh, several nonprofit organizations a year and we give a financial gift to them. So oh. after we're done with our interview, I've got uh, a gift for you guys Thank to you. send you with. And hopefully, you know, that little gift will help you guys out a little bit. We so appreciate it. It really is. And I think that's the one thing I try to encourage people to realize is that it takes it takes a lot to do what we do. But the majority of people are giving those 5 or $10 on a monthly basis. Um, and that really has a profound impact on our annual budget. And so no amount is too little, and obviously no amount is too much. But um, that is really, when, when Bill, our founder, started us, that was his vision, was it was going to be the hundreds of people who were giving $5 a month that was going to be our, our base. And that truly is the way we operate to this day. Our guest today is Amy Vega of Vanessa Behan Crisis Center. More with Amy in just a few minutes on Shine 1049. It's uplifting and encouraging. Shine 1049.
Our guest today, Executive Director Amy Vega of the Vanessa Behan Crisis Nursery, and share some testimonials with yeah. us, some lives that have been changed. Yeah, well, first of all, I'll start by saying when we moved in our new facility, we actually were very intentional and we dropped the words crisis and nursery from our name. Oh, okay. So we just go by Vanessa Behan simply because we've got, we feel like we have enough. Uh, brand recognition out there, but we felt like the word crisis really had some um, judgment in it. And we would find families saying, I didn't call because I didn't know if I was in a big enough crisis. And we don't want people to feel like they have to qualify or justify that they're in need. Mm -hmm. Think about how hard it must be to pick up the phone and call a complete stranger and ask them to help care for your children. That's crisis enough. If you don't have the family support or the resources to take care of your children or hire a babysitter or have great neighbors that you absolutely trust, that's what we're there for. Um, And so we never want somebody thinking that they're not worthy of our services. Um, But testimonials are so many of them. I think the most recent one that is just, I I just love is that we have a a financial supporter who was giving from out of state. And so one of our development staff members picked up the phone and said, thank you. Just curious why from another state you're supporting an organization that's only in Spokane. And she said, I was a child that grew up at Vanessa Behan. And I have such fond memories of that place that I wanted to be able to give back for what you guys gave to me. And so we just said, hey, would you be willing to do a quick little interview with our executive director? And it turns out when I heard her name, I'm like, I remember her from my days of working directly with our children. I'm like, I know her. And then you see her and you're like, oh my gosh, I know this little girl who's now grown up and is an adult and is a mother herself. And I said, tell me, tell me what you remember about your time at Vanessa Behan. And she said she had grown up in a pretty tumultuous family. She had a stepfather who was rather abusive. Um, and sp- the, at Vanessa Behan, it was kind of a refuge. Um, and she was w- one day out on our swing swinging. And this little boy happened just to walk right in front of her, just close enough that she knew she was going to hit him. We've all had that moment where you know you're going to hit another child or you see it happening. And she couldn't stop fast enough. And so, of course, she hits this little boy and she just begins sobbing because she knows she's going to be in really big trouble. What happened in that moment is a staff member scooped up this little boy, was hurt and comforted him. But another staff member scooped her up and said, accidents happen. This is okay. This is not your fault. You didn't do this on purpose. And for her, that was life changing because she, in her home life would have been in trouble for that. And so it sent her a message that mistakes are okay. You can fix those mistakes by going and apologizing apologizing to that little boy, and it doesn't change your life. Um, And so she said that was profound for her in the way she's treated people the rest of her life, and especially the way she's raising her own boys, is to teach them that um, little mistakes like that aren't tragedies. You didn't do anything on purpose. You aren't wrong for what you did. You're not a bad person. You simply injured somebody and you say you're sorry and you move on. Um, And so it's little things like that that I try to remind our staff is that in those little tiny moments that seem so insignificant to us can be life-changing and transformational to a child or to a parent. And so I don't ever want our staff to lose sight of the importance of the individual little tiny moments. It's the rocking the child to to sleep um, who doesn't get that opportunity to have that at home. It's the staff member who comforts a child when they wake up crying from a nightmare. It's the helping a child climb a rock wall that they've never climbed before and being successful and cheering them on. It's helping a child clean up a mess after they spill something at work and and figuring out how to clean that up and and the difference that they can, you know, how they do that themselves and that empowerment. Um, So those, you know, there's just so many little stories like that that I just think are so amazing that, again, seems so insignificant but can have such a life-changing outcome. Yeah, no, that's incredible. I mean, a moment that, you know, may seem like any other day 
any other child. It could have been any any situation, but that that yeah. moment was just captured in her mind and her heart. It was life changing yeah. for her. Yeah. Wow. We had another mom who wrote a seven page letter to one of her staff members thanking her for the way she had treated her as a mother. She'd never been treated that way, and on and on about all the things that her children want to be now because of her time at Vanessa Behan. And our staff member, when we gave her that letter, she's like, "I don't remember this mom." And uh, and she, so she had to go back and really process that. She felt horrible. She didn't remember what it was that she had done for this particular mom that was so life-changing. Uh, and as she processed it, she's like, I do that for every family. And I didn't realize that people weren't used to being treated that way. And that is oftentimes the families that we are working with. They are not used to being treated with kindness and compassion and open arms when they make a mistake. You know, a lot of times there's that judgment like, nope, you blew it the first time. We're not letting you back. You can't. We're not going to help you anymore. And yet with us, it's, yeah, you blew it. You made a mistake, but come back. Let's let's fix it. Let's try again. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we realize that the families, the parents that we're working with are oftentimes our children that have grown up without that support system. They haven't been taught that we make mistakes and that it's okay to make mistakes, that you can repair the damage that's been done and nothing is going to be so life-changing you can't fix it. Um, and so we get that opportunity to not only do that with our children, but also role model that for our parents too. Um, so that then they now have that tool to role model for their own children. And we think that's how we're going to change the generational um, issues that we have with child abuse and neglect in our community and within our world. Our guest today, Amy Vega of Vanessa Behan Crisis Center, although they've taken the name Crisis off, so Vanessa Behan. And we'll talk more with Amy in just a few minutes. We're learning more about the organization Vanessa Behan's been around here for a number of years. Maybe you've heard of the name, but wasn't really sure what they did. So today we've been learning a little bit more about Vanessa Behan and the work that they do for parents in crisis. Uh, If you need a place to drop off your kid for a few hours or maybe for a few hours for several days, Vanessa Behan Crisis Center. And our guest, the executive director of Vanessa Behan, Amy Vega. What about COVID? It, has it affected uh, Vanessa Behan, the center there? It has. It's been, it's been a, a whirlwind. So we moved into our brand new home in December, and we're just barely getting our feet underneath us um, when COVID hit in March, and we really mm-hmm. had to step back. Um, our passion is keeping our doors open. We did not want to have to close because we are there for crisis situations, and you can imagine what would happen. We knew that the, days was, the day the schools closed down, that the, the issue of child abuse was going to increase, but we weren't going to see it because there wasn't going to be the teachers making those reports. There weren't going to be eyes on those children. We also knew our our mission has always been birth through six. When we designed our new facility, we knew there was a gap in Spokane from that six to 12 year age range. And so our building is designed to take older children. We just weren't quite ready to dive into that when we opened those doors. But then again, COVID hit and we knew that again, those were going to be some of the most vulnerable children, that six to 12 year age range, because now they were home full time and didn't have an escape. And those are kids who need that escape, um, especially if they're children who are dealing with any kind of trauma or abuse or neglect in their homes. And so that Friday, when we heard that the schools were gonna be shut down on Monday, over the weekend we pivoted and we were prepared to take kids as old as 12 um, that Monday when school was closed. And we've been doing that ever since. Um, It's been a learning curve in trying to do smaller groups and mask wearing and um, all that social distancing that we have a physical distancing that you have to do um, and then adapting to taking in older children. But we just know, and this is part of our philosophy is it was the right thing to do. And so sometimes we um, jump into things knowing that we have to figure it out so that our families don't, right? Because we know that while we figure it out, it's safe. We've got lots of people 
around us. We've got a great building. We can call on extra support systems. We've got a community that loves us and supports us. Um, and so we can adapt really quickly. Whereas our families don't have that luxury to say, wait, my kids had basically childcare or school on Friday and come Monday, I still have to go back to work and I don't know what I'm going to do. How am I going to juggle a full-time job and school and school for two or three different children in different age groups? Um, and so we were able to pivot and adapt to that. And so it's been it's been really hard. Our staff is, is exhausted and they've been amazing, um, but we've been able to pivot. And I think that's it's been a success in that realm in the fact that we've been able to take those older children and keep our doors open. Oh, amen for that. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And I'm sure if those kids hadn't had some place to go, I mean, it, it, you know, we know that abuse has already gone up yeah. because of COVID and yep. the lockdowns and all of that. So, well, And just the trauma. And trauma has a huge impact on your body, you know, mm-hmm. physiologically. So we also want to try to eliminate as much trauma and stress happening to our children and the parents. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of inevitable right now that we're all going through this stressful time. But as long as we can help uplift each other and support each other through this, we're going to be healthier on the other side of it, but it's it's tough. And so we want parents asking for help. We want children to know that there's a safe place, that we are all going through this together, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel and we're going to get there. What an amazing organization, the Vanessa Behance Center and our guest today, Amy Vega of the executive director of Vanessa Behan. And if you would like to hear this interview again, stop by our website, shine1049.org and click for podcasts right there on our website. More with Amy in just a few minutes. Our guest today is Amy Vega of Vanessa B. Han and learning a little bit more about this amazing organization. It's Shine 1049. As we wrap up our interview, are there any other final thoughts that you'd like to share? Are there any words that you would like to share to moms and dads? Don't be afraid to ask for help. I think we all feel like we have to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and do it ourselves and and that we should all have all the resources that we need, and we don't. Um, One of my favorite stories is a dad who called and said, money is really tight. It's my wife's birthday and I really would like to take her out to dinner, but I can't afford dinner and a babysitter. Plus, I don't know anybody that I trust. Um, And so we said, bring the kids in. If there's an emergency and we don't have enough room for the next set of kids, we're going to call you and have you pick up early. But we want to support you. We want to support you as as having this relationship as healthy as possible for your children. And so I want parents to think about it from a perspective of don't feel like you have, the world has to be falling around and crumbling around you to give us a call. Um, call us when you need that extra support, when you need a listening ear. We've got staff that answer the phone 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And um, we've got a lot of other programs we can access parent, you know, uh, parent education, connect people to other resources. We're working on some new programs when kind of this COVID lift of kind of a stay, play and learn where parents can kind of just drop in and play with their kids and get some coaching in the moment. So maybe a parent is really struggling with taking their children to the grocery store or I can't get my kids to go down at nap time, but they don't necessarily need to leave their children with us, but they want some coaching in that. So we can do that in the moment once we kind of get through this COVID time. So I would say to families, please don't hesitate picking up with the phone and calling and talking to somebody. And then to the rest of the community, thank you. We are we are we only exist because this community supports us. And to be able to say that we've moved into this new facility where we can eventually take 60 children plus, um, and to tell you that within a year of being in that building, we've actually paid off the loan for that building because this Hmm. community has been so gracious to us. Um, That now allows us to start working towards bringing in more children, creating more programs, Um, but it still takes more. Just because that building is paid for doesn't mean we don't have ongoing expenses. Um, Unlike the for-profit world where you just say, we'll just raise the cost of 
whatever it is that we're selling, we don't have that luxury. We are going to forever be dependent on this community to say, help us, help us take care of these children, help us take care of this community and our families. And so really, if people are interested in knowing more, we've got great information on our website, which is vanessabehan.org. Um, lots of events people can come to. But I would say, again, our development director, Keith O'Brien, his sole job is to build relationships. And so I encourage people to call and just ask to come up and, and, and visit. Come take a look around and see what we're doing. Understand in the moment the mission and the impact that we have and so that you know where your investment is going and that you can trust. That builds a relationship too with us so that people feel really good about the finances that they're giving and the impact they're having and getting to see it firsthand. So, Where are you located at? We're now down in Sprague, 2230 East Sprague, so almost the corner of Sprague and Altamont. Okay. Yeah, on a bus line, so easily accessible, easy transportation for families coming and going from different places. And what's your next event that you guys are looking forward to? Let's see. Our next event, I believe, is um, I think we have as our Rosars Open Golf Tournament is the next one coming up. Then we've got Pumpkin Ball, which is a black tie event. So there's always something going on. Um, so just jump on our website and check the events page. Um, if people are interested in volunteering, we have lots of volunteer opportunities from the gals at our front desk who answered our phones and help families get diapers and wipes and formula um, to people who are helping care for our children, to people who are helping raise money for us. So um, wow. people can help in lots of different ways. A lot of volunteer opportunities. Lots of them. <laughs> yeah. So again, give us your website. So our website is vanessabehan.org. VanessaBehan.org. Wonderful. Amy Vega, the Executive Director of Vanessa Behan, thank you so much for the work that you're doing, the lives that you're changing from the parents to the kids. Thank you so much for the work that you guys are doing, and thank you for coming by today. Lorenda, thank you for this opportunity. It was great to visit. And by the way, if you want to listen to this interview again, it's going to be on our website under the podcast link at shine1049.org.